Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, coming at you every Sunday from 10 until noon. Um, alongside the lovely Ashley Danielle this morning. It's just Ashley and I today. We're looking forward to a great show. Carlo is actually home on Easter Sunday with his family. Perfectly understandable. So it, it looks like it's going to be a peaceful Sunday. It should be a, a little bit more of a peaceful <laughs> Sunday today. No arguing today, maybe. No, I, don't, I don't anticipate Ashley and I getting into a bunch of arguments today, but you never know. You never know. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Be sure to call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Not the fastest or the, the most active time of the year for the local sports scene. Right. I anticipate today's show being devoted more so to uh, a subject that I've always loved, the NBA playoffs and, and some different... Uh, different playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> Todd was ready. Wow. Todd yeah. was ready this morning. We he also was. got we also got our producer extraordinaire, Todd Neal, on the boards. I want to thank him for Todd the Todd Neal on the ones and twos. On the ones and twos. <laughs> uh, right on point this morning with the playoffs Jim Morris Senior uh drop there. You gotta like that. Mm-hmm. My Pacers lost last night. They did, yeah. They did not look very impressive last night at all. I mean they lost one oh one to ninety three at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. I yeah. mean to a, the only team in the playoffs. Who has a sub five hundred record? Thirty eight and forty four is the Hawks' record, and the Pacers, who had the one seed locked up ahead of the Miami Heat, they lose it at home in the first game. I was looking over the doing a little research yesterday before the game, and I, I saw that they do have a, a impressive. They being the Hawks, they have an impressive front court. They have guys like um, Elton Brand. They have Paul Millsap. And I'm looking over the box score, and the guy that's most significant is, in my opinion, Al Horford. He didn't even play last night. So somehow, this Hawks team and Marcus Teague's brother, Jeff Teague, who had 28 points, somehow they have what it takes to knock the Pacers off in game one. Yeah, I think that was a lack of focus. I there's mean, no, I, There's no other way for me to justify that game besides that the Pacers just came out Maybe thought they already run the game, and they were home. They they clearly have a highest seed, and they just thought they were the uh, Hawks were going to come lay down for them. I'm looking over it, and uh, you know, Roy Hibbert had one of his what's becoming infamous disappearing acts. He had eight rebounds, eight points, no blocks, four turnovers. So a, a poor outing by Roy Hibbert in the first game. Yeah. Andrew Bynum, they announced before the season, the, the series started that Bynum would not be playing in this first round. So they, they weren't able to go to the bench and bring in Andrew Bynum. David West only had eight points also. He had four, I'm sorry, he had three rebounds. A very poor outing by the front court from this Pacers team. Uh, Paul George, we all know how, how great Paul George is. He did have 10 rebounds, 24 points. Just a, a very discouraging loss for, for mm-hmm. my Pacers in the first game of the, the NBA playoffs for them. Well, it looked I, like everybody that played at home last night, with the exception of OKC, lost, which is shocking to is me. Is that right? Yes. The so, other three games, the home team lost. 
The other three games the home team lost. Oklahoma. Wow. Oklahoma City, the only team that defended their home court last night. Wow. What does that tell us about the parity in the NBA? Whereas, you know, especially know. in the Eastern Conference, where we normally this year say it's a two team race, doesn't look like it. No. Doesn't look like it after the first day of the NBA playoffs. Looks like everyone came to play. And, you know, I used to always have this. Um, philosophy about the NBA playoffs that they try to make it go six or seven games so that they make more money and you know keep the fans interested because sometimes you see a team drop a game when you know there's there's no way that should happen but I don't know there you're right I mean in, in that there's allegations in the past that somewhat somewhat substantiate those mm-hmm. those claims with Tim Donahue and the entire Donahue scandal I've always loved the NBA playoffs over the more recent years. I've noticed, as everyone has, that they seem to take about a month. I mean, I may even be understating it. Maybe they take six weeks. I mean, this is a long, a long. long process for seven-game series out of the gate. Um, I mean, it's a, it's, it takes a while, and it's tough to really get too excited about it this early in the process. But my team's the Pacers. I've been a Pacers fan since I was a little kid. They lost game one against the Hawks. At home. At home. They were the one seed in the East. That's not good. No. So what do you think they need to do? They play again when? Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? I believe it's tomorrow. Let's see. I'll, br- I'll bring it up here. What do yeah. they need to do? What do they need to do better? They need, they need a, a um, they need Roy Hibbert to show up. The next game is actually Tuesday, the 22nd. Also, no, let's see here. They play Saturday the 19th. So it's two. The first two games are in Indianapolis. Yeah, so they play Tuesday the 22nd at Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indy. They, they got to win that. They need Roy Hibbert to step up. They need more out of David West, who only had eight points. You can't have your two front court players, whereas that's, in my opinion, a strength. It, uh, it's a, uh, an area of the team that should separate you from some other teams in the Eastern Conference. Sure. You need some of your front court players to really step up. You can't rely on... Paul George to carry, the, I mean, he he can't do everything. He doesn't need to do everything. That's not the identity of this team. We need Roy Hibbert to show up and not have a, a one of his disappearing acts. Well, yeah, that's what he's getting paid for, right? That, that's what he's getting paid for. I mean, he was an all-star. I saw a statistic about a, a month ago or maybe a few weeks ago. One of my friends texted me a comparison of Kwame Brown, the biggest bust in recent mm-hmm. memory sure. of his statistics this season. Versus Roy Hibberts. You would think with all the, the press and the um, attention that Roy Hibbert gets, he's an all-star. You would think that Roy Hibbert clearly had the better statistics, wouldn't you? You would think so. You would, you would think, think so. he'd be more productive. You would certainly think so. In reality, not so much. Um, over his career, he, he's he's about about there with, with one Kwame Brown. So, I mean, it's mm, that's not interesting how he, he does step up when he plays against your... Miami Heat, and that's important. That's what the Pacers are looking to. Well, it to, won't but be important if they don't make it there. It will not. So we're looking forward to um, some good action on the, the NBA playoff front today. We have at 1 o'clock the Dallas Mavericks against the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. Do you see the, the old man-led Mavericks given the Spur another old, old team, yeah, old man-led San, San Antonio Spurs? Do you think the Dallas Mavericks have a chance in that series, Ashley? Uh, I'm. I'll go with Tim Duncan and the Spurs on that one for sure. Yeah, I, I, I would think that um, you know the 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 Spurs seem to be 
just an ageless wonder. They, yeah. they seem to almost get better in certain areas. Yeah, I think they they get, especially like Tim Duncan, he's gets older, he gets wiser, um, knows the game. The basketball IQ on that team is phenomenal. So I think that'll be a very interesting um, matchup. I do have to note yesterday at, uh, at the Pacers game, Larry Bird did not look very pleased. <laughs> He he takes that stuff serious. I think if you're Larry Bird, your ego's tied into oh, sure. you know, you don't want to he's he's kind of teetering there. He doesn't want to be go down to Isaiah Thomas. He was a failure in the front office type um uh storyline. He wants to be more associated with guys like Pat Riley mm-hmm. and you know what Phil Jackson's trying to do. It seems that some of the greats, that's what they're trying to do. Jerry West, what he did. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, five zero two three eight four. 1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man Carolina Steve this morning. We got his intro music. Give him all the build up we can. How you doing this morning, Carolina? Carolina, you there? Heard y'all talking about the playoffs. Yes, sir. What do you I think? I do not the watch playoffs? the playoffs now. Because of the fact I used to watch them back in the 50s and 60s. To me, the playoffs were much better back then because I could look forward to a Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain matchup. I could look forward to a Walt Frazier, uh, Earl Monroe, and uh, Willis Reed against the, uh, the Lakers. Then I knew who the players were on the team and I could pronounce their names. Today I can't even, don't even know who the players are and can't pronounce half of their names. Carolina, I will point to today's game at 1 o'clock between the Mavericks and the Spurs. We will see arguably two of the best players in the history of the league, Dirk Nowitzki, not that tough of a name to pronounce, versus Tim Duncan. I mean, those are two of the all-time greats. Carolina, you're not excited to see the Mavs and Spurs? No, because of the fact I'd rather see a matchup that had Jerry Lucas, Dave DeBusher, and the New York Knicks against Wilt Chamberlain and the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. That's just a, I'm just old school. That's all there is to it. Now, That's okay. Granted, Tim Duncan is great. He's from Wake Forest. <laughs> He's a great, uh, great basketball player. But the, the players we get nowadays, just like with the draft coming up, Half of the people, I don't even know who who they're going to be because uh, of foreign countries. Well, half of, I think some of it's that, and some of it's the kids that are coming out of their first year of college or didn't even play there. How much do you think that plays a role, Carolina? That plays a lot of a role. I can remember back when the, uh, the very first person to come in under the hardship was a guy named Spencer Haywood. He was a star in the Olympics, and I got to see him there. And then you had to prove a hardship where you could get into the pros. He was uh, he was good. And then he had, I remember when uh, Daryl Dawkins and uh, I think it was Poodles Willoughby and a couple others came out when they were in high school. And I never had liked the idea of high school kids going straight to the pros because of the fact that they... I think they should be made to stay, like football players, should be made to stay in school at least three years. 
Carolina, you know, we were talking to Derek Anderson in studio just a few weeks ago, and he he seemed to really echo your sentiments on the building your brand in college. You get out, play two, three years at least, and then when you go to the NBA, the fans know who you are. They know your name. Even if you are from another country, maybe you had played a few years at, at college, and, and then you have an entire fan base supporting you. At least people watched you at the collegiate level. They have that sense of... A grassroots, they watched you come up, they watched you, um, you know, really cultivate your skills and get better and then make the leap to being a professional. You got to admit, though, there are some exceptions these days. You mentioned Tim Duncan. He could have went pro. Hell, I don't know. After his first, second year, he stayed all four years. So Tim Duncan has to be considered right up Carolina Steve's alley as far as an old school throwback player. And hell, he's even got the Carolina ties. He does. He's a graduate of Wake Forest University, and they used to let people, uh, the players have someone to sit on the bench their last game. He chose the nature boy, Rick Flair. <laughs> did he really? Yes, he did. So that was uh, something that was in that. Now, last Sunday, who did I predict would win the Masters? Bubba Watson. Same person I did. I predicted it two yeah, weeks ago. What. Two weeks ago, Carolina, I predicted Bubba Watson. Did I not, Kelly Patrick? Should I run that you tape? Did. Todd did. Right. And Carolina, you're right. You did too last week. You're both right. I was doing some research. Bubba's 36 years old. You know, the Golden Bear won a, won a, a green jacket at, at 45 or 46. How many more majors can we expect out of Bubba Watson? And is he the clear-cut heir apparent to Tiger Woods? I, I predict uh, that he'll win a PGA, a British Open. The toughest one for him to win is going to be the U.S. Open because of how severe they make the uh, the courses there. But uh, it, it's just amazing. Did you see where he celebrated his victory? No, I did not. Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> and did you hear he how much he at the Waffle? Did you hear how much he tipped? He had. Uh, Two grilled cheese and hash browns smothered, and there's some nutritionalist that's getting all over him about it, and Rush Limbaugh stake it up for him now. But he, uh, they also brought out an interesting thing that I read. He left because he took his family and his caddy and people like that with him. He left a $148 tip. That's right. And, you know, if you won $1.2 million, the only place I could think of to, to go would be Waffle House. I mean, I, go, I, I love hope. Waffle House. <laughs> but I enjoyed uh, that. Uh, and then last night, I got to see a lady golfer that I've been pulling for since she was like 12 or 13 years old. Lady Gaga. In the state of Hawaii, in her home state, Michelle Wee wins the tournament yesterday. Wow, is she still alive? I haven't heard of her in years. Last I heard, she had a game named after her. Now, is that true? Yeah. And let me tell you what. uh, She was a real gracious winner. She loved it. Uh, To me, the future of sports are with the young people and in the sports of golf because you've got Jordan Spieth there. Uh, You've got uh, Michelle Wee and the Thompson girl, uh, Lexi Thompson, who is just fantastic. You've got people like that. 
so that's what really got me hyped up on the youth in sports, or, or probably a sport that uh, a lot of people don't even think about. But those two are the ones that uh, make it uh, make it for me. Now, did y'all watch the spring football yesterday on television? I didn't catch any of it, Carolina. What did we miss? You missed the biggest two rivals in any sports spring football game. Alabama and Auburn? The University of Alabama Crimson Tide and little brother Auburn Tigers. Wow. They had some, uh, I tell you what, that Auburn quarterback's going to be good, but Alabama's still going to have the defense, and their starting quarterback for next year was not even dressed out because he is transferring from Florida State. He backed up Jamin, Jamin, or how do you pronounce Winston's first name, last year. Gotcha. So it's going to be a, yeah, and I predict you'll see Florida State, Alabama in the national championship. There it is. Boy, Charles Charles didn't look like he had too good of a spring game yesterday. Who didn't? Get to find the quarterback. Wow. Well, it's definitely coming into where we're looking forward to the football season. Carolina, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, we look forward to talking to you. Probably. Everybody have a happy Easter, and we'll be talking with y'all. Great stuff there by Carolina Steve. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Danielle. We're the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Ashley Danielle and our producer extraordinaire Todd Neal coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon. Here to talk about all things sports, whether it be local or, or national, international, even a little bit of uh, pop culture type <laughs> references for Ashley's Loco Cinco, which is at the 11 o'clock hour. And I know all our listeners are very excited about today, Ashley. Sure, they should be. I want to encourage our listeners, give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. Let us know what you think. Uh, are you looking forward to this 1 o'clock game today to see if Dirk Nowitzki, Monte Ellis, Vince Carter, Sean Marion, and the Mavericks can pose a threat to the San Antonio Spurs? I don't think they can, but it's an 8 against a 1. Anytime you have a Hall of Famer like... Dirk Nowitzki, and someone who's actually not as washed up as many may think in Vince Carter um, playing, it at least makes good for, for some good TV. I'm looking forward to see it, uh, to seeing it today at 1 o'clock. I know I'll be watching it. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Brandon J. Lawrence, where J stands for justice. Justice. And not Julius Randall. Not Julius Randall. Not anymore. <laughs> stands for justice. Jay Did stands you catch for justice. Uh, any of the Memphis and the Grizzlies and Thunder game last night? I did not actually see any of it, Ashley. I know that you saw a little bit of it. Yeah, um, it was actually a good game. I was impressed. Um, 
for a while there at the beginning, I thought the Thunder were going to run away with it. Um, and I thought it was going to be a pretty significant blowout. But then uh, the Grizzlies cut the lead to four, I believe, at one point, And then uh, the Thunder pulled away. That first quarter, it was the Kevin Durant and um, Russell Westbrook show. And I, I made a joke. I said, I mean, as a coach, you say, you know who the two best players are on the floor. Guard them. Uh, the person that really, really stood out to me last night that actually had a really big, really strong game was, his name is Serge Ibaka. Serge. He had four. He played really well. Shot blocker. He can even shoot some. He can even has a little bit of a jump shot. And I think he either had four or five blocks last night. Um, had 17 points and nine rebounds. Serge Ibaka, mm-hmm. a legitimate big man in a, an era where big-time centers don't really exist. True. Dwight Howard, I guess. Roy Hibbert. No, you can. Those are the great centers of our era. <laughs> of this Roy era. Roy Hibbert keeps playing like he does, you're going to have to take him. I, I say Roy Hibbert, but I mean, who else is in the conversation? Serge Ibaka blocked shots. He went five for five from the line. Mm-hmm. Nine rebounds, 17 points. Um, that's what you want out of a center these days, and and it's not a not a weakness on this Thunder team. I mean, not you see you see your Miami Heat signing guys like Greg Oden. Mm. Um, the center position has really changed over the years. No more David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Akeem Olajuwon type, or even Rick Smiths. Even you know, Arvita Sabonis. You don't see that so much anymore. Where the center, if you can get a game like this, you said Serge Ibaka with the big game, four blocks, seventeen points. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's significant. That's, that's tough to beat. And uh, there was one play that really stood out to me that I really liked, um, especially at, from a big man. He blocked someone's shot on one end of the court, and then he ran down like and beat his man down on def- on offense and got a dunk. And I was just like, he runs the floor, he plays good defense, he's um, there on offense, he's going to rebound. That's hard to beat. It is. You know, when you look to big guys – in a, a team that has depth in the front court these days, Memphis is actually a team that a lot of time gets referenced. Uh, Mark Gasol, um, Zach Randolph, mm-hmm. they have the big guys. Zach Randolph had 11 rebounds, 21 points. Gasol had 16 points also. Um, only. O- he only had six rebounds, so not the best game at, for Marcus Soule or Zach Randolph. A couple local guys, Tayshawn Prince, obviously a former Wildcat. Yeah, I heard them say at one point last night that he was ill, so I'm not sure what was going on with him. He was expected to contribute more than he did. He only played four points mm-hmm. or four minutes, mm-hmm. so not a big contribution from him. Western Kentucky's own Courtney, Courtney Lee. Lee stepped up, actually played 29 minutes. Mm-hmm. Todd, I, we can't we can't hear you there. You're, you're muted, I think. How many years okay. Prince been in the NBA? Oh, probably over ten. He's probably yeah, I mean, going to be collecting a, a pension. Time. Great question. Let's I was wondering see. if he knows Da and if they talk. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, he's off of the University of Kentucky strength. I'm sure they, they all stick together. Of you know, after that conversation with Derek Anderson just a few weeks ago, I, I've started to think of different players. Tayshawn Prince is a great example in a different a different perspective. You know, who gets to that 10-year mark and wraps up that pension? Because how valuable is it to get a pension when we know that such a large statistical portion of these NBA players get a bunch of money 
Um, they don't maybe necessarily plan for life afterward. If you can hit that 10-year mark, which, yes, Tayshawn yeah. Prince has was- surpassed. He came in the NBA in 2002. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's huge for the rest of your life. You got Bogans, Smocky, Smocky Walker. Is he still around? Smocky Walker is not, not still sure. around, but I think he may have got to that 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 uh, ten year. I'll look it up. He's not still yeah. playing. Nazi Muhammad, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Let's see if Smocky Walker is getting a pension, and and let's really dig into his finances. Uh, Antoine Walker, I think he uh, spent his at the blackjack table. Mm. So. I wonder if Antoine Walker played ten seasons. I'll look him up. Who are you looking up? I'm yeah. looking up Smocky Walker. We're working yeah. hard here to dig in. All right, yeah. so Smocky Walker from '96 with the Mavericks. To 2006 with the Pacers. Wow. So maybe. Pretty close. I don't know. How did that work? I don't remember him playing for the Pacers. Do you? No. Mm-mm, I don't remember either. I don't remember him playing for the Pacers. I think he was giving out towels at the end there. Oh, boy. Like I wonder. I'd like to know if Samaki Walker is collecting a pension from the NBA. It looks he, like uh, Anton Walker only played for six years. Only six uh, years? Six. It says wow. he was drafted as the sixth overall pick in 1996, and he played for, oh, wait, yeah, 96 to 2012. Oh, okay, yeah, so he's collecting a pension, yeah. No, he's, yeah, 96 through 2000, well, yeah. Well, yeah. 2008, actually, in the NBA. So 2012 well, it looks like he sat out. With the D-League. <laughs> yeah. And so then... he's collecting a pension. Good for him. Sounds like he probably needs it. Good for him, though. I'm not. I'm not mocking him. Um, you know, it's got to be a tough situation you're thrown into when you have a, a lump sum of money and you've got friends. And, and I mean, I anyone who criticizes an NBA player's financial acumen, I think, needs to take a step back and say, have they been in that type of a situation where you've had someone say, here's $10 million, right. be responsible with it, don't screw it up, or I'll call you an idiot. That's got to be a tough a tough spot to be in. When we had Derek in here a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Ron Mercer. And I've looked at him. He only was eight years, so oh. it, it looks like almost their life, you know, lifespan in that is is eight to ten years. They don't make it ten years. Maybe these owners are uh, uh, colluding to uh, <laughs> keep money. away from that. That's what they're doing. A, a little more c- conspiracy talk. Well, as you don't far know. As dragging mean, the series out from uh, to make it to a six or seven game series instead of a bunch of sweeps. Maybe they also. Try to cut short the the lifespan of of some of these these guys' contracts. You know, predicting a player and his success in the NBA is not always indicative of how long his longevity. You know, how what his longevity will be. Derrick Rose probably won't make it to ten years. Probably mm. not. With this. Well, look at Greg Oden, number one pick. True. What has he done? He's yeah. maybe he's he gonna might make, make it, ten though. years, but he'll never score. Well, he'll get 30 that, points in one game. Yeah, he'll get that pension, though. Let's see. Right. Has, he's, he's been on a roster, hadn't he? Yeah. I would think you have to be on a roster at all times. Let's, let's take a look here. He was with the Trailblazers from t- 2007 to 2012. Now he's with the Heat, so he's got to make it to 2017 to get that pension. Yeah, I don't, I I don't say he doesn't that. make Three that. You know uh, who I think will make it? Who's that? Gorgie. Oh, yeah. I he think should. He, will too. he should. Because yeah. he reminds me of an old man type. Kurt Thomas of the Knicks. I really always really liked Kurt Thomas of the Knicks because he could he was a big guy who he was always on a roster. I bet he's collecting a pension. Let's look up Kurt Thomas of the Knicks. Um he could hit free throws. He played for a long time. Kurt Thomas played from ninety five with the Heat. Gosh. Through two thousand thirteen with the Knicks. Wow. Wow. Kurt hey, Thomas. Gorgie Jane, Kurt Thomas, that's my comparison. I just looked at another guy that just made it is Keith Bogans. Mm. Oh, did he just make it? 2003 to, to present. So 
Keith uh, has been a while. When Derek was in here a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Ron Mercer. And uh, we were talking about how close he was, I guess, to retirement. He said, Ron Mercer has the first pair of socks he wore in college still to this day. Mercer has those? Yeah, he said he was the ultimate ultimate uh, tightwad. So uh said he saved his money. Good ever, for him. Yeah. Good for Mercer. Yeah, and I'm glad for him. Good kid. I definitely enjoyed watching but, Mercer play. Yeah, it's interesting. We should have a little segment sometime on who's made it and who hasn't. Because you if you look at it from yeah. that time, it's not necessarily how much, how many days do you get to drive a Bentley and – you know, have a a, a a yacht. It's probably how are you going to be financially set for the, for the rest of your life? For the rest of your Especially life. Especially you think some of half of these guys didn't graduate. You think they spend a majority of their, I guess, young adult life committed to the sport and playing. So a lot of them don't have a plan B. And the fact of the matter is, they will spend the rest of their lives doing something other than basketball. What does that look like? This is some interesting talk. You know, I, I've always loved the NBA. Today is the second day of the NBA playoffs for the 2013-2014 season. Um, today we have at 1 o'clock some guys who will be collecting a pension. Vince Carter's hung around. He's averaging about 12 points a game. Who would have thought? Didn't everybody think Vince Carter was washed up? Well, yeah. Let's look at his stat. I mean, he's playing at 1 o'clock. He's the third leading scorer on this Dallas Mavericks team. I, I'm impressed wow. by that. Wow, he's played since 98. Yeah, he's 37 16 years old. 16 years? 16 years? Mm-hmm. Yes. That, especially That's at, amazing. At a, especially at a wing position, right? right? You know, because you'll see uh, guys like, who is it, uh, Tree Rollins, or over the years, some of those big guys can really hang around for a long time just because they're so damn big. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't see it for uh, Air Canada, Vince Carter, the dunk contest winner. The longevity for someone like that's supposed to be quite a bit shorter. Sixteen years—that's yeah. he doesn't get enough credit for that. Grant Hill's another wing who who recently had a very long run and stuck around. Must have really taken care of himself well mm-hmm. um, to play for a very long time. Sixteen years. Carl Malone, nineteen years. Wow. Now that you know, like that, and he actually played uh, two years with the Jazz, uh, with the Lakers. What I about Ray Allen? Forgot. Oh, Ray Allen. Ray yeah. Allen. He's, Ray. A, he's a great uh, comparison there. He's a, a wing who's been. How many years has Ray Allen been around? Let's see. And he's still contributing. He was drafted fifth overall pick in 1996. So what's that? Wow, 18, 18 years. years. Jesus Sham God. Jesus Shuttleworth. Shuttleworth. Shuttlesworth. Yeah, wow. not Sham God. Sham God was a real person, I think. <laughs> I think Jesus Sham God was a real person. Jesus Shuttleworth, you're right. But you know, you you look at the NBA players playing so much, and you know a guy like Malone played 19 years, and he can actually function. But you look at a football player that plays eight years, yeah. And what kind of shape are they in yeah, at the same age? Bad. It's a totally different sport, totally different toll on the body, and actually, is there parity in what they make? No, 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 not even close. Lifespan. If if I could be a, a major league baseball player, or a professional say, basketball, a baseball player. yeah, a professional basketball player or an NFL player, um, and this could bring up some different topics. I would choose to recommend my son to be a professional baseball player. I would too. There's been a you know Jackie Robinson Day was just a few days ago where every player in the major leagues, Todd, you see that every player in the major leagues wore number forty two on their jersey for a yeah, day. I saw that. Yeah, and there's been some interesting talk. As of late, about uh, baseball within the African American community, why? I mean, why is that? The numbers are just dramatically dwindling. 
And even within the, the, the white community, I mean, the, the numbers, it's, it's just, it is a, a sport that is being dominated by people from other countries. Well, I think, I think there's a couple of reasons, and um, it kind of goes back to what society is today. And I, I use this analogy for, a lot, for different sports, is society wants something fast and quick and move on to the next big thing. We have so many flash in the pans, and everybody wants the next best thing coming along. Uh, we live in a internet age where everything's fast. And once again, you know, baseball is a game that takes a little while to play. It's kind of boring if you watch it. But you got basketball, fast, fast, fast. Soccer, fast, fast, fast. Football, the game's getting even faster. MMA versus boxing. MMA, faster. you know, it happens. It happens quick. Then it's over and let's move on to the next thing. And uh, I think it's a mirror society. And also you have a, a big, big uh, inswell from uh, Central America. I think it's where, you know, the Dominicans produced a lot of uh, players, and I think you're seeing a lot of influx from there. Stephen A. Smith had some very interesting comments this past week, actually, on this topic. And, you know, I'd say that they sound pretty accurate. It involves, say, Kelly? he said that within the, within the African-American community that, that, Gumming up through the minors, and occasionally you'll see a guy like Steven Strasburg, who basically is from day one, or Josh Hamilton's the number one overall pick, and you know they're going to be a millionaire. Hell, they get a huge check right after they graduate high school. But he said that, that within the, the community, that coming up through the minors is just not as appealing as the instant fl- uh, fame and, and glory of being in the NBA. you you got to come up, and a lot of times you got to go play for some podunk Eastern wherever state Iowa and you got to play for the the single A team and and work your way up and hopefully you you don't flame out and then you got to hope you get promoted to double A and then triple A and then you get your cup of coffee in the majors it's just plays right to what you're saying Todd it's it's not as instantly gratifying for anyone really you got I'll, you got to work your ass off in the minors for years yeah i'll also venture to say that it will that baseball would be similar to any other Thing and I also I say this about pageants and black girls in pageants all the time. People tend to gravitate toward situations where people that look like them have been successful, and in larger numbers. So if like growing up, I don't see a bunch of guys that look like me playing the majors, why would I think that that's something I'm going to go for? There's very 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 few kids that have in their mind. I think the capacity to say, well, I can change that or I can break that pattern or break the cycle or something like that or I can be one the one that makes it like someone like Jackie Robinson or whatever but not every person is going to do that not every person is going to take on that burden or the challenge or whatever so I think that could be part of it too is just that people tend to gravitate towards sports that are easier for people naturally and that's not that's not a shot at anyone Mm -hmm. you know that's what that's if you're if if you you see people, you know the white running back syndrome is is something that is interesting to me. There, no white running backs excel out there, and why is that? Is it because white people aren't athletic enough? Uh, I don't. I mean, maybe Danny Woodhead, they, but they do exist. <laughs> right. But it, it's just it doesn't happen much, even yeah. at the collegiate or even at the high school level. Much. It's very interesting that the the paths that people do go into, and interesting the the parallel with the pageantry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there's definitely something there. I don't know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but there's definitely something to that. Yeah. I I start, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk. Uh, I think a lot of it starts at the grassroots, and you just don't see many 
inner city baseball leagues. No, you, you know, I, football I, I know of none. Basketball everywhere. And you know, you got to start that grassroots. But on the other hand, I say in baseball, you have more opportunity to make money and progress because there's more teams. Mm-hmm. So I think the pool is bigger, Ooh. much, much bigger sure. than way than, bigger. Sure. It's ridiculous right. how much money these guys playing for the Louisville Bats make. Right, mm-hmm. they can make it, but maybe it's you know it's um, it's not a progression that you know it's not as attractive. Right. Yeah. Well, my brother um, played on a. They had a like a community baseball team when he was, I guess, in the West End. So and he was great. My brother, I think you know. I'll have to say my family has great athletic genes. <laughs> but so, d- d- what what came from his baseball? He playing? well, his first the first year he played, he was all star. Like he was that good, and a lot of it's just because he's super fast. He's very smart, and he just learned it very well. But year three, he's like, oh, none of my friends are doing this anymore, so I'm done. Mm-hmm. And it's like all my friends are playing basketball or they're playing football. So and to stay with his group of friends, he was. I tried to get him to play baseball. And keep playing. And he was like, it's boring. All my friends aren't playing anymore. And I think some of that is social pressure, too. Is yeah. what, el- what is everyone else doing? You have to fit in. I, I couldn't agree more. That's that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's just what, and not to, you know, say that there's anything wrong with anything. That's just kind of how it is. Yeah. Um, but despite all that, baseball in, this, in the United States is still thriving. Mm-hmm. And it's not going away, and there's a bunch of money to be made. It's just kind of, I guess I would say, disappointing that a lot of times some of our best athletes are mi- really missing an opportunity. Sure. I read something online that we're saying that, uh, you know, that baseball has the highest number of non-U.S. players mm-hmm. than any other sport. It's the biggest pool of, of players. And they so you got still Venezuela. call it America's sport. Right, America's, Amer- America's pastime. Mm-hmm. But you got, you know, now, like I say, Venezuela, you know, you got Honduras, Dominican Republic, is that is their life down there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where you're seeing a lot of that come from. Very interesting topic. I want to sure. encourage our listeners, give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502 384 1450, I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside the lovely Ashley Danielle, mm-hmm. Todd Neal running the boards. We're going to head to a break, and we will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Vanilla Ice bringing us in. Todd, was there a reason for Vanilla Ice being our intro music? Just just liking the Vanilla Ice this morning on Easter Sunday. (laughs) Myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside Ashley Danielle coming at you. The 11 o'clock hour, as always, we will have Ashley's Loco Cinco, where she breaks down the five craziest stories in the world of sports, or even, even outside of the world of sports, if... If necessary, I, I've been thinking about it this week, and there's a couple stories I really think deserve to be mentioned. We'll see if those make the cut, make the list. We had a caller over the break. He didn't want to get on the air, didn't want to talk to us. He wanted to know what Kelly and Ashley think about the Harrison's draft stock and what they're, deci- they're, they're going to be meeting with their parents over the weekend and making a decision. Should they come back? Should they go? I think they should definitely come back. Like, there's no... 
if ands or buts about that. I think the only one of the two that may could actually go would be Aaron Harrison. I think Andrew really needs work. I actually think they both need work, and I think that them coming back at least for one more year should be for sure what happens. If they come back, that's really changing the Calipari mold. I mean, they have a junior Willie Cauley-Stein. Sure. Um, they'll have a, a, a junior Alex Poitras. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a scary team they're putting together there, and they, all of a sudden they don't have any... You know, the the one weakness they always seem to have is a lack of experience. Todd, I'm sure you're you don't mind this, but is that what Cal is molding into is is a little bit more of a traditional coach mixed in with all these highly well, touted blue chip prospects? I don't honestly don't think that's what he wants, to be honest. I think that just happened to be what's gonna happen this time because the players that some of the players that are supposed to be such all stars were kind of a bust. And they need to, they need more time. So I think that's going to end up changing what the face of what Kentucky looks like as a basketball team, especially for the next year or two. But my question was, how many people would that deter from signing with Kentucky because they were expecting to come in as the freshman star and then leave to go to the NBA? It definitely brings up an interesting situation where you're Coach Cow and and you have this system. You don't like the one and done, but you're you're utilizing it as as part of your your pitch. And then you, you have new guys, and you say, oh, yeah, we do have juniors in this program. And do you have enough scholarships? Yeah. It's my question because he, the way he recruits, he recruits that it, uh, under, under the premise that these guys are going to stay one year. So he's going to get six new scholarships every year between his seniors and the people leaving. So this year, I think we got four. Yeah. It, it brings up an interesting roster um issue with with the the team beyond that is the playing time which you know these guys care about right you want to come in and you want to and i'm not even knocking these guys they want to go pro they're they're the best in the country they're mcdonald's all americans they want to come in and they want to go pro um are they going to come in if they think they're going to be riding the bench and maybe even only playing a few minutes a game i i don't think so i would say probably not because they can do that at any other university in the country I think the, the attraction of UK was to come in for one year, get the exposure, and leave. If that's not going to be the case anymore, why would those kids go there? Archie Goodwin made the decision to come out last year, uh, despite having a very, very disappointing freshman season. He was drafted 29th by Oklahoma City, um, and, and he really didn't seem to have made the right decision by many people. I would compare, maybe draw a little bit of a parallel to the Harrisons. The last game of the season, which was Wednesday the 16th, Archie kind of came out of his, his his shell and had a big game. He had 29 points, four rebounds, a couple steals, uh, 11 of 13 from the field in 31 minutes. In hindsight, did Archie Goodwin make the right or the wrong decision? He's he's making good money he now. Made the, he made the right decision because he's making more than we are sitting right here this morning. You could say that. Ashley? Yeah, man. You don't seem That's to like tough. you don't seem to like that. I though. honestly I really I was watching the games this I guess yesterday and looking at the amount of players that I don't even know who they are. Yeah. Um and I'm in I love I'm, college basketball. So I have a hard time even watching the NBA if it's not playoffs. And I think um a lot you don't of that know has who, to do you don't I don't know who, who these people are. I yeah. don't know who they are. Like I have no desire to support them because like I don't know, I don't remember them from school. Like even for somebody like Tim Duncan, 
um, I remember watching him in Wake Forest when I was in like middle school or something and filling out my brackets. I loved Tim Duncan. I always thought he was a great player. The fact that he stayed there for all four years. Well, back then that wasn't an option. People just, everyone did that. Yeah. You went to college, you stayed for four years, you go to the NBA. And that gave me more of the desire to watch someone like him. Um, I'm trying to think there was a guy at Duke that I used to watch all the time, but I can't remember his name right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I always wish that the players would grow and develop over that four years in college because I think for so many different reasons one they can get a degree which like we talked about earlier majority of the guys well all of the guys if they live long enough will spend majority of their life doing something else besides playing basketball so that gives them an option there something to fall back on and two I think it make it builds the excitement of the NBA of who these guys are what schools they represented um you know all those types of things so I I don't know I'm always going to say when someone leaves like after one year or two, or go straight out of high school, that's not the best idea. I want to encourage our listeners, give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we do have a caller. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Doing good. We appreciate your calling in. What, what's your name? Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, oh, we, we've heard from you before, yeah. Kevin. What, what do you have for yeah, us this morning? Right. What, what has you buzzing this Easter Sunday? Oh, man, I tell you what, I'll just sit here and work anyway, so I ain't got nothing to do. But uh, I want to talk about Kentucky. I ain't, I'm not hating on Cal, but my thing is, okay, Rick catches a lot of heat from a lot of people, uh, AAU coaches and all this, and the media gives Cal all this. He gets players ready for the NBA. Okay, now look at Alex Portis. When he came in, he was supposed to be a lottery pick. The guy is still not any dang go good. The Hurston twins supposed to be can't miss all world players. Uh, look at them; they're probably going to come back. There's no development, and my thing is, why is it the cow? I mean, you know, I don't know what it is that he sells. He's just a hell of a car salesman. That he's able to do, you know, get away with. You know, these guys are not developing like that, and all of a sudden, he's able to get all these recruits to keep in the. I mean, just like you got an abundance of talent, they're going to have an abundance of talent coming back next year. But when you look at other programs that I see, Louisville, and not just Louisville, you know, but other programs, you hear a lot of players, top players, and they say, well, I don't want to go there. It's too many players. It's too much competition at the position. But how is, what is Cal Perry selling that these players, because if I had a son or a daughter, there was an elite level cap pilot. There is no way that I would let my son go on a team that has so much talent. And a prime example of that, that where that smoke and fire, the Harris's father, that little comment that came out, they weren't uh, showcased enough this year. You know, they kind of, you know, Cal spent it a little way in the media took up for him, took up for Cal for some reason on that. But that is a point behind that. You can, you can have so much talent on a team to where everybody can't shine. You know, Alex Portridge is not never going to shine there. Doc Willis will never see the will never see the light of day on the court there. It's just, I'm just wondering what Cal sells and enable for him to do this. Kevin, I'd like to answer your question. Here's what he sells. He sells Anthony Davis. He sells MKG. And he sells, you know, five in the very first round going two years ago. Now, that's his track record. Last year he gets Archie Goodwin going, and that, that team last year sucked. But then you got this year, how many, how many people are going? 
We've got Julius Randle going to go. James Young, he'll be in the first round. That's what he's selling, and that's what kids are after. If you look at Duke, they've got one guy, Jabari Parker. That's all they got. How many how many guys are going to go from Indiana in the first round? How many guys are going to go from UofL in the first round? Well, the answer is is zero. Right. Z- zero. And the reason he, what he's selling, he's not selling uh, uh, the Kentucky brand no more. He's selling the John Calipari brand. He's selling himself. He's selling, you come with me, I'll develop you as best I can through my system, and you will be an instant millionaire. You'll be sitting on a lottery ticket. Kevin, what do you, I mean, it sounds like, Kevin, what you're asking more is how the hell does he do this? Exactly. And it's not, I'm not hating on the guy. I know he's he's a fast talker, but it just kind of, I don't, you know, I'm kind of older. And I've seen Kyle Perry over the years, and he didn't hit a lot. When he was at the Deck Rose, when he, that Derek Rose has got him over the hump, and then that one kid, then it goes into Tyreek, and then it just kind of snowballed effect once he got to Kentucky. And it just, you know, it, it just, I, I'm just amazed at what, how he's able to, you know. I, I'd just you ask know. you a question, Kevin. If you had a son that mm-hmm. had the skills of Julius Randle, let's just say he's that good, and, it, it, and you could say, okay, you can go here for two years, three years, or you can go with Cal for one year. Where would you send him? Well, it depends on what I'm looking for as a parent. I understand. I understand. But you yeah, got to look well, at what their parents are thinking, too. Well, I because think everybody's that different. Is parenting. Because if it it's is. my son, I don't care how good you are, I'm going to, as a mother, say, you need to get a degree because you're not going to play basketball your whole life. So I don't care. You're not going to, if you go to play for Cal, that's fine. But let him know you're staying for four years or at least until you walk in year three. So if you overload, I, but want, I, I ask, think a lot of that made me in parenting. I ask you a question, Ashley Danielle. If you had a son, Julius Randall's your son, would you say, Julius, you're going to go to school four years, risking injury, career-changing in, uh, injury, and miss out on a lottery ticket? Yes, because at the end of the day, okay. your body is not going to be – it may be the means by which you make some money, but you're not going to be able to do that for the rest of your life. Maybe you go one year and you play, and you maybe they threw a couple million dollars at you and you tear your ACL in year two or three, but you have somebody like Derek Anderson who was sitting here that tore two knees – uh, but still made it to the NBA and played for 11 years. I very much believe in fate, and if it's for you, you're going to get it regardless, but you're going to get your education first. Right, but you're looking at families who, let, let's face it, may not come from a, a real good background. They're an instant thing. The kids today pretty but much telling mom, always mom, dad, case. it's going to happen have always been in poor. every case. People have always been impoverished. Cor- like, that's not going to change. No, 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 that, you're right. And But the thing about it is, is – it, what is its scenarios? And mm-hmm. as long as there's families out there that are going to buy into that instant millionaire syndrome, Cal's going to get them. Let's, let's face it. Yeah. He's going to get them. And, and Cal's saying that he's changing lives and doing all this. What is he doing? He's not doing anything. The kids are the one out there with the John Wall, the Anthony Davis, the freak athletes are getting themselves there. Cal is not doing anything other than what you said, his little name that he looked out on Derrick Rose, but he's changing that. Well, guess what? You know, from what I'm saying and from what, from what job I do and what I do know about Rick and being around some of them players, Rick is the type of guy, and I just use Rick because I'm, I'm a little fan, but it's not just Rick. There's other coaches out there that do this. I'm, I'm just like, Danielle about it. I, I, I want 
I want my son or daughter to get a degree. That's what I want because really, when you look at some of his players, just because they might not be come in as NBA-type players, but a lot of those guys are playing overseas in high-level leagues. And, and, you know, Cal talking about millionaires. Well, I ran into Taekwon Dean. The guy is doing pretty, doing pretty well playing in that league he's in overseas. Not just Taekwon. It's a lot of guys that, that played under Rick. And Rick does a lot of other things. You want to get into coaching. That's a whole other level that Rick Rick books out for players, but you know he doesn't hand feed you anything. You know if, yeah. if you want to do it, Rick, make sure that you're going to be successful. No That's question true. about it, Kevin. There are two different schools of uh, thought, two different approaches. Thank you very much for the call, Kevin. Have a great rest of your Easter Sunday. Thank you. Give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. On the Buzz Line now, we have our man Brian the Insider with his. No, we got Brandon. Bra- oh J. my goodness! Lawrence. I was trying to read. I was trying I'm to read. Sorry about that. I was trying to read the Todd, Todd's the man, Todd's voice the myth, there. The legend. His, his his lips there, but no. Brandon J. Lawrence, the the personal injury attorney for the city. Give him a call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. How you doing this morning, Brandon? What's up? What's going on, Kelly? Man, happy Easter to y'all. Same happy to you, sir. Hey, what's up? What's up, uh, Miss Ashley Danielle? <laughs> Todd, what's happening, Todd? It's all Todd about you, the man. I guess Carlos, Carlos was at church today. <laughs> hey, so, he, he went to he went to Saint Mattress this morning. Saint Mattress, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, bad. <laughs> hey, man, what? Yeah, who? Why did y'all let that guy talk so long, man? What's going on? You should y'all, y'all need to take out a uh uh uh, uh Mr. one out on that guy. What is wrong with him? What's? I'm, I I just gotta ask him one question. Why are you mad, bro? What, what is the deal? Because well, I mean, Cal's taking advantage of the system. Man, he talk, he's talking about, and then he ended, come on, man. Y'all had to, you should have introduced him to Mr. Click when he, when he mentioned Taekwon Dean. What are you talking about? <laughs> Brandon, so, I... <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, this guy had no legitimacy to anything well, that he maybe, was saying, man. Brandon, maybe he was, maybe he was trying to say, uh, maybe he's, not a good example, but he's trying to say that Patino's guys are successful yeah, you, off of the basketball court. And so I don't know if Ty Condine's somebody that you want to <laughs> use. Not that he's doing bags. I think, I mean, obviously he's doing fine playing overseas, right. but I think what he's trying to say is right, he's right. that he, Patino over Cal, is trying to set guys up for their future beyond basketball. And so if you right. give people that right. in the Patino era at UK, they're for the most part they're doing pretty good. Yeah, well, was, I mean that's just like you said, that's a different, it's a different era. And then you, because what you guys have mentioned earlier makes perfect sense. The NBA obviously it's it's a short term league now. People aren't making it that long to the uh, what is the to the pension type of thing. So you to be honest with you, nobody the 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 sixteen year career is an anomaly. So. The earlier, obviously, the earlier that you start, the longer that you have a chance to make it to that pension time. So, you know, why not let these guys take advantage of it? They're obviously not going to school. They're not student athletes. They're not going to school to get a degree. They're going to school to be able to play baseball. 
<laughs> they're not going to school. They're not, they're not they're going to school to make money, man. I mean, this is a, this is basically a farm system. The NCAA is a farm system for basketball. I mean, you know, let's call it what it is. And, and what's wrong with an 18 year old kid trying to take advantage of a system that's in place? I think Cal, he's not a genius, but he's he's willing to admit it. What it is, what it, uh, he's willing to admit it for what it is. And I, you know, I, I'm like, cool. There's no, I don't have any problem with that. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't make you don't make a Bill Gates stay in school for four years when he comes up with an idea. So why make these guys stay in school for four years? Brandon, did you get to see? You no, know, that's, that's my thing. Did you get to see Stephen A. Smith's comments this past week on the state of the dwindling numbers of African American baseball players? I mean, uh, we were talking about it in the first hour, Brandon. There's so much money to be made in Major League Baseball. I know you're a baseball fan, and it, some of the best athletes in our society are, in my opinion, and it's my opinion 100%, are simply missing the opportunity to make a lot of money. What do you think of that? And I, I totally agree with you guys what you said in the first segment, man. It's just, it's just used, it used to be you play three or four sports. Now these basketball coaches are like telling these kids you, you got to concentrate on basketball 365 days of the year. And like you said, it's only 12 guys on NBA roster. There's more guys on the baseball roster. But at the same time, you got it's a numbers game. Gary Sheffield said it years ago. Major League Baseball is going after these uh, Latino players because you can find them for cheaper. And they get, and then there's another thing, they get to play all year round because of the temperature over there. Mm. So they have an advantage. And you know it's just baseball. You gotta have equipment. Basketball. So all you gotta have is a hoop and a ball. It's a whole lot of things that are. And like Ashley said, you know peer pressure. If all your friends are playing baseball, it's it's, it's a whole bunch of stuff. And Ebony, you know Ebony Magazine used to do like a layout of all the uh, black major league baseball players. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's uh it's 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 a doing but you could say black American baseball players mm. because a lot of these Latino players are black, you know. So I don't know. Baseball's an international game, and like you said, it's the white the white players are dwindling too. The white American born players are dwindling too. Their numbers are going down too. Right no question about it, Brandon. Brandon question yeah. for you: Since we were just talking about this before, uh, I think before you called in, if your son was a phenomenal basketball player um, and he could have the chance, taking away the fact that you're a UK fanatic, okay, <laughs> he has the chance to go. To, well, I guess, yeah, I guess he's a fanatic. Yeah, I don't know why you have to be. I guess it's just something that happens. <laughs> Somebody dropped you on your head when you were a kid. I don't know, but. Uh, taking that out of the equation, would you send him to a, a school for him to play one year and go to the NBA if that was still the minimum requirement? Or would you, as an attorney, somebody who obviously is passionate about education, demand... <laughs> just set up. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> would you demand that your yeah. son gets a degree? I mean, you know, I want what's best for my son. Um, I, want all, I, I want him to get a degree. Because I think that makes you more well-rounded. But you know, if he wanted to go a year and he said, "Look, I'm gonna go back and get it," then cool. I don't want him to waste the opportunity because it's like you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of regrets that a lot of people have. You know, say, "Oh, what if for this? What if that?" Like like Todd was talking about injury. 
you never know. I mean, it's 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 uh these guys nowadays they don't stay because they love the school or they love their they love the alma mater or love the you know the college campus. They stay because they're not going to be first round picks, and that's what happens. You know, it's it's just one of those types of things. You know, if you mentioned Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan wasn't born in America, so he doesn't have the same type of. He's a Bahamian. So he doesn't have the same type of uh, upbringing that a lot of these kids have as far as, and I'm not even talking about the money. I'm talking about the capitalist mentality. You know, it's get it now, get it while you can. And unfortunately, that's the thing of the day. But I mean, hopefully, you go back. if you go back and get the degree, cool. But I, you got to take advantage of your opportunities because you never know. Great stuff. Some some really good, interesting conversation today on on the sports buzz brandon i mean anything else before we let you go you want to get in on you looking forward to this game this nba playoff action i'm looking forward to the wizards taking the bulls out baby john wall uh uh my man john wall bradley bill we got andre miller oh man it's crazy out there and then and i got a question for ashley i'm out of here ashley if they told you look you, you got to wait. Uh, you got to wait until you're 30 years old to do a pageant. Would that be fair? That would not be fair. Well, I mean, it would be my motivation to stay in shape for sure. <laughs> she would still win, well, of yeah. course. But but yeah, but but you know, that's not. But that's not. That's not your prime time, though. Well, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, it may not be. Well, I don't, I don't know. Because yeah, I, mean, I just turned 38. Well, I, I feel like this is my prime you, time, yeah. Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I mean, yeah, you, you, like a, you, like a, you like a fine wine. You get better with time. But, hey, you know, it's a place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brandon, uh, before you, know, you go. You know, you're in Before you go, Brandon, can you tell us uh, about uh, your show you have on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, man. We got this show on Wednesday, Out of Bounds, with Carlo Kellum, who's MIA today. But, uh, you know, we talk about the social stuff. We talk about this Oscar for stories. Um, the, 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 the verdict is coming up probably any day now. Um, you know, just talk about social stuff. Social stuff, not, not, not the normal, um, you know, facts and figures and the numbers and all that type of thing. We try to get the, the social, uh, in-depth type of, uh, story as much as you can in an hour. So every, every Wednesday at 6 to 7, so check us out. On your way home from work, man, out of bounds. I tell you, Nothing it's, it's really interesting. It's 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 talk that you don't find on any local uh, talk show in Louisville or pretty much even national level. Uh, you talk about the legal issues and really get into it. And yeah. I really enjoy it, Brandon. I want to encourage our listeners to listen on Wednesday from 6 to 7. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> you know, man, y'all keep doing y'all thing, man. Appreciate, hey, man, I love listening to y'all every every Sunday, man. Love listening to you. Happy Easter, y'all. Thank you very much, Brandon. Have a great rest of your Easter Sunday. Todd, we heading to a break. Later. We're gonna head to a break. I want to encourage our listeners. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. On the other side, we're going to have Brian the Insider on with us. Ashley, myself, Kelly, and Todd will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Bud.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside the lovely Ashley Danielle, Todd Neal running the, the boards for us, the producer of their Weekend Sports Buzz. Had a great first hour of the show. We're pushing back the Ashley's Loco Cinco to uh, a little bit later in the second hour. We're not forgetting about it. I know a lot of our fans out there are getting antsy. On the line with us now, we have Brian the Insider. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How, how are you doing? Good morning. Happy Easter to everybody. Same to you. <laughs> What's going on? Thank Before you. we get into the horse racing and the updates that you give us so regularly, Brian, I got to ask, what the hell's going on with our Pacers? Oh, man, I tell you what, I think we all saw this happen. Actually, I, I don't know that any of us have seen this actually happen before where uh, the number one seed has limped into the playoffs uh, so poorly. And then, sure enough, last night they just, uh, uh, for an Easter expression, laid, laid an egg. And, uh, you know, I don't know what Frank Vogel does at this point. I, You know, they had two games late in the season where they didn't play any of their regulars and played the reserves 100% and won both of those games. And big boy Rory, who I've been so high on, really, really, really looks bad. And uh, uh, I don't know if he's injured or not. But uh, And at the same time, Atlanta's playing very good. Uh, Jeff Teague looked very good. Uh, the, the point guard play for the Pacers has concerned me for a long time. And uh, George Hill is not quick enough to guard a guy like Jeff Teague, and it's really showing up and and what's happened with Paul George. I don't know. It, it is really baffling. But uh, And, you know, I, and I, I don't know that it's going to be a lot better for the Heat. I'm really starting to think that uh, either someone besides one of those two teams is going to come out of the East. But uh, will the Heat get going today? But uh, they haven't done any better closing the year. Both of them have played very poorly coming into the year. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. But, uh, um, man, they don't look good at all. No longer a two-team race in the Eastern Conference? Or do you think – you know, this this New Jersey or Brooklyn Nets versus Toronto Raptors series is getting a lot of attention. Do you think there could be another team that emerges other than Miami in Indiana in the Eastern Conference to at least give the Heat some trouble? I sure do, and I think that team is full of veterans, and I think their name is uh, the New Jersey or Brooklyn Nets, I guess is what they're at. They look very good. You know, what I was surprised with with Kelly, there was a uh, – uh, what three three out of the four teams yesterday won road games, including the Nets. They've got that veteran roster. Uh, they look very good. I've been very high on Toronto, but uh, uh, I tell you what, the the Nets look very good in that game, and I would not be surprised if they may be the one that comes out of the East. Wow. Now, our topic today, Brian, and I know this isn't directly related to the Derby prep that I know you want to talk about, but what we've talked about is the, the pension and, you know, last segment, I think Brandon, somebody mentioned Andre Miller. I think, hell, he's played 15 years in the league. But there's a lot of guys on that New Jersey's Nets team who have played 10 years plus in the league and will be collecting a pension. How valuable is it to have such senior leadership on a team when it comes to the playoffs? I think it's huge. And, and I think the, 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 the playoff format really – favors a veteran team because they space the games out. If you looked at the schedule for these games, they're, they're spaced out much better than they uh, than they are during the regular season, and they don't travel as much. So the spacing and the amount of time that those players can rest their legs is going to play into a veteran older team like the Nets. 
uh, and like the heat. Uh, the heat may very well. I think they'll see uh, much better heat performance. I just don't think they quite have it. And, and uh, But it will allow someone like Dwayne Wade to probably play all the games. And, God, would he miss 30 games this year or something? So, uh, But I think that the experience, as you mentioned, is very, very important. And that coupled with the playoff format is, is really nice. And uh, I, I look for a veteran team to come out of the East. I don't think it's really going to matter. Boy, I tell you what, the West looks so – those games were great. I don't know if you got to watch those Western games, but every one of those playoffs, uh, every one of those series looked very competitive. And uh, I clearly think the West has got three or four teams better than any team in the East. Ashley actually did get to watch uh, the, the Oklahoma City versus Memphis game. And Ashley said the player that stood out to her was uh, Serge Ibaka having a big, a big game, running the floor well, blocking shots. Do you think Oklahoma's got a chance to win it all, or, or is it the San Antonio Spurs out of the West? I, I think it's wide open. Uh, anybody that would happen to win that uh, and come out of there is going to be in great shape. But uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to guess who is going to come out of the East. That Golden State game was fantastic. Clippers game, uh, I, I, you know, it, and I'm not that good to be able to tell you who. But whoever does come out of the West, I think will be a strong favorite to win. I don't think, as I said, I think there's three or four teams in the West that are better than any team in the East. What's wow. that? Wow. Well, Brian, on the, on the world of horse racing, <laughs> they are who we thought they were. Brian, the first Saturday in May is sneaking up on us. We're all looking forward to wearing our derby hats and going out and celebrating and having a big time. What are you looking forward to most about the first Saturday in May? Uh, guys, I tell you what, I, this this gets sends goosebumps up. I, I get so excited this time of year, uh, and I am so much looking forward to Derby Week in Louisville. Uh, but uh, let's talk horse racing. Uh, a couple big things happen with the Derby. I've had so many people ask me on show and on all, you know, who's going to win? You know, it, 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 who knows? Because the first question is, is who's in the race? And they're still coming through with that. Cairo Prince, who just got into the race this week, has been declared out with an injury. Uh, he's out. Dance with Fate. Dance with Fate was the horse that won that they immediately said, nope, they have no desire to go to Churchill. They don't run on, the course doesn't run good on dirt. You know, it's not spaced out. They shipped the horse back to California. Well, any of us that know anything about Derby fever knew that they probably would have a change in mind. And sure enough, once they got back there and the ownership connection said, we get to go to the Derby, we'll take that ticket. Dance with Fate is in. Uh, you know, but it is just still a lot of shuffling that's going to be in to find out who the 20 horses in. Midnight Hawk, who sits 14th on the point standing, uh, ran yesterday in the Illinois Derby. The ownership of Midnight Hawk is from Chicago, and they wanted to go in the Illinois Derby, which isn't a points race, but they had enough points. He, met, he narrowly lost a head bob, a bad head bob, and, and finished second. Uh, and common thinking would say Baffert will not send him back in two weeks short rest. But there again, it's the Derby. Uh, and uh, when you've got the ticket punched, you, you know, even though he doesn't look like he has the stamina to get a mile and a quarter, I wouldn't be surprised if he runs in it. So there are so many variables that still have to be kicked around. Now that Churchill has the also eligible list, it could go right down to Derby Day as to who actually gets in the 20-horse field. But there are at least 26, 27 horses that are planning on going to Churchill Downs planning on trying to get in if they can. It is, uh, it's real exciting. Uh, next week, uh, Saturday, Churchill opens. We have the Derby trial opening night at Churchill. That's going to be a lot of fun. 
Uh, and then, boy, we get right into Derby Week and all the races and all the hoopla that goes around that. On some other horse racing news, Game on Dude ran probably one of the richest races uh, that are run during the regular season in horse racing. Yesterday, the $1.5 million Charlestown Classic, a million dollars to the winner. So Baffert shipped, shipped him from California, and he lost at 2-5. to five. Uh, big upset last night, late last night in Charlestown, West Virginia, in the Charlestown Classic. Game on dude lost. Uh, but uh, I tell you what, it's a great time for horse racing. Keeneland's meet wraps up this week. It's been a very successful meet. Last meet they're going to run with the Polytrack surface. They'll swap that out, and they'll put that in, uh, the, the dirt in, which will make them much more of a derby prep race going into next year's Bluegrass. And one other news, guys, my favorite horse going right now, Wise Dan. He's going to run in the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic, which is the race that goes right before the Derby. And uh, on a settlemental note for me, Fat Day, a horse I used to own, is back at Churchill for Tom Amos. I'm sure hoping Tom's listening. And I saw him running next week, uh, Derby week when I'm in Louisville. I'd love to see Fat Day run. But uh, as you can tell, Kelly and Ashley, I've got Derby fever. I've got a question for you, Brian. Uh, I'm going to give you my derby trifecta, and I want to know what you think of it right now. Now, this is, you know, just looking at, I like Samrat, Candy Boy, and California Chrome. How do you, how, what do you think about those, that trifecta? Not I like two of the three. Box. I'm not sold on Candy Boy. I'm sorry? Uh, I mean, uh, that'd be my trifecta box. Yeah, I, I, uh, I tell you, I, I'm not sold on Candy Boy at all. I don't think Candy Boy will hit the, the, he's got Gary Stevens in it. I just don't think, if you go back and look at the Santa Anita, he really was backing up that last quarter of a mile. I love California Crow. I love Sam Rat. I think those are great choices. Of course, who knows? Candy Boy might win by 10 lengths. I mean, you know, the Derby is such a tough race to pick, but, uh, I am not sold on Candy Boy at all. I like two of the three, but, Man, I tell you, that's what makes the Derby so spectacular is that it is, it, they're still developing three-year-old Colts. Uh, and Ashley, sorry, doesn't look like a Philly's going to be in it this year. Oh, I man. hate the way that's played out in the Derby point system. <laughs> You're going to have to find a Colt, Ashley, to root for. But uh, I think that, uh, oh, and on another note, the Oaks on Friday is looking like a full 14-horse field, which is fantastic. It went only its 10 horses last year. So that is looking uh, untappable looks like the clear favorite in the Oaks, but uh, it's going to be a wide open uh, Oaks too, and full field for that. So uh, things are really shaping up for Derby Week. Well, thank you very much for the update, Brian. We appreciate you uh, calling in, and we look forward to talking to you next next weekend. Thank you very much, guys. Hope everyone has a great Easter, and look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you very much, Brian. Have a great rest of your weekend. We're actually going to head to a break here. On the other side, we're going to come back in the much-anticipated segment of Ashley's Loco Cinco, or Ashley's Crazy, as some call it. We'll get to talk to CeeLo and everybody. We'll talk Ashley's Crazy when we be back from the the, the break here. Be sure to stay tuned to the Weekend Sports Bus. I just knew too much. Patrick alongside the lovely Ashley Danielle.
And we are all ready for the segment that normally goes off at the 11 o'clock hour due to some scheduling um, issues. We had to have a couple of our, our guests on uh, through that time. So we're going to have to talk about this in my contract negotiations. Contract negotiations. This will, pro- Todd, this will probably be an issue. So, I mean, that's something that. It, Not again. Yeah, that'll certainly come up, I would think. We're going to make her pay her own lawyer's fees this time. It We're going to get Brandon J., Brandon J. Lawrence to represent us. These are getting ridiculous. <laughs> These demands that you have placed are, uh, listeners, you know, you know what she wants now? I hate to say this, but she wants a limo <laughs> to pick her up on Sunday morning. She wants to go to Wild Eggs, and she wants a company credit card. Now, now, listeners, is this something that Ashley Danielle is actually worth? I put the question to you. I would love to hear what everybody thinks about that. Me too, actually. At the end of the day, what our listeners want, they're going to get today, and they're going to get Ashley's Loco Cinco. So with no further ado, we have Ashley's Loco Cinco. Well, here's my top five. Uh, The first story, uh, apparently... There's some advice coming towards Lamar Odom's way. And uh, ex-NBA star Kenny Anderson has made a statement that Lamar Odom needs to get a therapist ASAP. And he said, uh, Kenny says that he had a therapist and that his therapist has been a lifesaver for him and it could do the trick for Lamar too. Um, You know, Kenny Anderson played 14 seasons in the NBA um, and said he's really rooting hard for Lamar's comeback to the NBA and all of that, but he thinks he's going to need help. So Anderson goes on to tell us that um, he talks to his therapist once a week, that sometimes you just need someone to talk to that doesn't have a hidden agenda, like your mom, your dad, brother, and sister, sometimes don't want to tell you the truth. Uh, and his therapist doesn't care, and she tells him how it is. So... Um, He went on to say that he wasn't sure if Lamar Odom was playing basketball or trying to come back because of his love for the game or because he needed a paycheck. Um, I just found it really interesting that Kenny Anderson would come out and be like, hey, guys, I have a shrink. Because he used the word shrink instead of therapist and was saying, like, this guy needs to call his therapist. He needs to get a therapist. Um, Would you give that advice to somebody? That's pretty personal advice. I don't know exactly what prompted this type of – recommendation from Kenny Anderson. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier, if you play 10 years or more in the NBA, which Anderson did 14 seasons, you get a pension and Anderson's a very accomplished basketball player. He's where Lamar Odom probably hopes it'll be when, when his playing days are over, where he's, you know, doing well for himself and able to make it. I mean, I think it's probably good advice. Lamar Odom's had his share of, of issues, whether it be his uh, apparent drug or alcohol abuse to, um, his his lack of enthusiasm for whatever team he happens to be on. Very talented guy. I, I like him. I like the big point guards in the Magic Johnson role or mold. Um, I don't know. Well, was it prompted? I don't. I, I I need to hear the context of this advice from from Kenny Anderson. I think he should have gave the whole family a therapist because uh, you know that is one screwed up family that he married into. <laughs> And uh, I think that's enough to drive you to drink and drive you to drugs and know know what else. Because if your life's under a microscope, number one, and you got crazy as bad, you know what, relatives like that, that's crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. You should get a race for that. I think that everybody needs a therapist. That's always, like, my thing, but... 
Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, story number two, and this story is one that, you know, Kelly had brought up earlier in the week. Um, 49ers defensive in Alden Smith was randomly selected in the airport to be uh, searched. And at that point, he told the TSA agents that he had a bomb. Um, of course, he God. he wasn't really carrying an explosive device. He just has a good sense of humor. I guess so. But um, he was arrested on site. Um, to date, he is not on the TSA's no-fly list after his false bomb arrest. Uh, with one uh, one of the law enforcement agents saying the no-fly list is for terrorists, not idiots. And uh, apparently at this point, Alden has not yet been charged with the crime. But if the prosecutors decide to go forward with the case, he could face up to a year behind bars and some type of substantial fine. But at least he can buy a plane ticket. I mean, who? I mean, I guess at this point in, you know, where we are with our national security and all those types of things, it's probably not a good joke to say you have a bomb in an airport. Horrible idea. What the hell is wrong with this guy? He's the seventh overall pick. He's only 24 years old. I mean, I can relate and somewhat try to defend, you know, partying, different things like that. This is inexcusable. You're just a dumb, no. just a dumbass. Yeah, you're an idiot. I mean, he needs a shrink. <laughs> Drop the bomb on me. I mean, this guy needs a shrink because he clearly does. he's maybe beyond being just an idiot. Maybe he has problems. Maybe he has some issues. He, In my opinion, Alden Smith needs a shrink. Maybe he watched Meet the Parents one too many times. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Maybe. That was funny. Maybe he needs to talk to his a little bit more than once a week, though. Uh, story number three. Former New York Knicks star Larry Hughes is now being questioned <clears throat> by the NYPD as part of a sexual assault investigation that came out in the New York Daily News. Apparently, um, there was a big investigation going on from an incident that took place at the Trump Soho in New York City. And now... Um, it's been reported that Larry Hughes is a suspect. So apparently Hughes allegedly met this victim at the Greenhouse Nightclub, which apparently he's now owner of, on Thursday evening and walked to the Trump Soho together at 4 a.m. Uh, according to the report, uh, Hughes was taken out of the hotel in handcuffs earlier yesterday, um, even though nothing, the NYPD won't confirm exactly what's going on, but the accuser is a 22-year-old woman that reportedly went to the hospital after the alleged sexual assault and had told the doctor that she was raped. So apparently Hughes isn't saying anything. The hotel's not saying anything. NYPD's not saying anything. But I guess they have leaked out that Larry Hughes is being suspected of raping this woman that he walked to the hotel with at 4 a.m. So, Kelly, this is kind of down your aisle. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you always want to talk about these types of situations. Yeah. What do you think? What's up with Larry Hughes? And I think in the, you know... In the same group of, we talked about uh, Darren Sharper two weeks ago. Last week it was someone else. Like, what are these guys doing? Mike Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson, yeah. Kobe, Oscar De La Hoya. Maybe this is what Larry Hughes is doing with his 14-year pension. You know, as he played <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Years. He did. Yeah. I, I, I may be wrong, but I'll ask Mike Gandolfo, but I think Larry Hughes actually played for the Kentucky Derby Festival Classic, and I do remember seeing him there, so I'm, I'm basically positive he did. Mm-hmm. But... I lo- I always followed Larry Hughes and I liked his game in the NBA. Um, you know he was played for St. Louis. Played for St. Louis. Yeah, good player. Good player. Wow, that's horrible. I mean, it's horrible to be associated with this. It may be innocent. We don't know. This Who is knows? the type of thing you got to kind of hold hold back on on judging. But that's horrible to hear 
that he's associated with a story like this, mm-hmm. that's that's a bad deal. Hopefully, hopefully, um, I don't know what to hope for actually, because there's someone out there saying something happened, and I mean that's a that's a bad deal. Mm-hmm. Story number three, four, four. Story number story four. Number four. Apparently, Smush Parker, the ex LA Lakers player, yep. is fighting sixteen year olds now. So um, there was a report that um, during a pickup game with this prep school star named Wolfgang Novogratz last week that there was a heated exchange between him and and Smush Parker, and Smush punched him in the in the face. So apparently uh, Parker's manager is saying that it's all BS, that there was a hard foul between the two, no punches were ever thrown. Um, apparently he's saying it wasn't an assault, um, nobody hit anybody. But Parker is trying to say that the kid's father who hosts the show on HGTV is trying to blow the ins and out of proportion to get some publicity from his son. Um Parker's manager says that the kid is just trying to use Smush's name in order to promote his son being recruited by these Division One colleges. My question is, I don't even know who Smush Parker is, number one. <laughs> number two. I don't know who the other guy is either. Wolfgang von Schmernoff yeah, yeah, or whatever he is. Either one of them. We don't know who they are. But why would, I'm going to assume that Smush Parker is an, an adult. Why are you, A, getting into aggressive, heated exchanges with 16-year-old boys and... Whether or not there was a hard foul or you punched him in the face or whatever, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember Swiss Parker. He actually started alongside Kobe for the Lakers for at least one season. I think it was right after the dismantling of the Carl Malone, Gary Payton type team. It was a real watered down version of that Lakers team. I do remember it. Um, and is his first name really Smush? It like, is. That's what it's his mother Smush Parker. Is. Yeah, that's. Right. I, I don't know if that's his birth name. I can see here. Uh, William Henry is his actual name. He goes by Smush. I like Smush better. <laughs> I'll just assume Smush is, uh, has some really yeah, you don't inappropriate, know where you got that. really inappropriate yeah. innuendos. That could tie into number three that you had, mm. Ashley. Probably so. That could. But in basketball, you know, you you get things get physical on the court sometimes. I'm not. I don't know what happened out there, but I know that having you know having played a lot of basketball. How does not, how does he Smush Parker? He is 32. So, so he supposedly put, punch. punched someone who's half his age. Hopefully he didn't punch him. Yeah, I mean, it may have gotten physical. I can see where maybe the kid, you know, basketball gets physical. In pickup games, That you know, it gets physical. It's happened it to everybody does. who's played. Um, hopefully he didn't actually stoop to the level of punching a, 16-year-old. a 16-year-old kid. I guess it'll, it'll come out. It'll come out, hopefully. Story number five. Your boy, Donovan McNabb. Oh, God. What happened with him? He served, apparently, one day in Arizona, in the Arizona jail. What did on he do? Wednesday, stemming from a DUI arrest from back in January. So, apparently, um, according to this police report, Donovan McNabb was pulled over um, in Arizona on December 15th, doing 81 and a 65 in his Land Rover at 3 a.m. Um, during the, co- the stop, cops determined that McNabb was under their influence and arrested him for a DUI. Uh, McNabb struck a plea deal with prosecutors in which he pled guilty to the DUI on March 27th. In exchange, uh, he was ordered to serve one day in jail. So um, they booked him on Wednesday, April 16th, and he had to serve one complete 
day in jail. So apparently um, his employer, Fox Sports, says that they discussed a DUI arrest with him and they're convinced that he understands the gravity of his offense and is sufficiently contrite and that the legal process has been concluded. They don't plan any further disciplinary action at the time. But so I guess he got arrested. He pled guilty, did one day in jail and He's going to get to keep his job. Yeah. And, you know, it's always a touchy subject when you have things like mothers against drunk driving. And when, anytime you get behind the wheel and you've been drinking, you're putting everybody at risk. Sure. So it's tough to really, you know, have much of an opinion on this. And he was irresponsible. Sounds like within the, the realm of our society that he's dealing with it. He didn't, he didn't deal with it completely correctly. He went back to jail, uh, at least briefly. But mm-hmm. he gets to keep his job. Donovan's always seemed like a pretty good guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, good for him. I'm, I'm glad that, that he's in this day of social media. You get a mugshot and it's out there oh, just yeah, like I that. Say, it's mugshots all over Twitter. Um, and you wonder, I think we've talked about this before. If you're a person of this status and you are going to go out and have a few drinks, why not just get a driver? Why not get a driver? That's a great question. I mean, he was going 81 and a 65, at least had a few drinks. Mm-hmm. Why not get a driver? Mm-hmm. Be responsible, Donovan. Mm-hmm. We only got about 10 minutes left in our show. Uh, I want to encourage our listeners, give us a call, 502-384-1450. Let us know what you think as far as which of the Ashley's Loco Cinco gets your vote. Ashley, I'll ask you, which of these stories gets your vote? I don't know. It's I, Maybe I'm going to say the Alden Smith story because that's just stupid. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I mean, it's funny. Th- I think if you were there and saw this whole thing happen, it would probably be kind of funny. But um, he, he's an idiot. Now, because I have such a thug persona and yes. that's who I am, I'm going to go with the story that best personifies that persona. And that's Smush Parker, 32-year-old, punching a 16-year-old <laughs> like a badass. I'll go with that, too. Being That uh, gets my vote. He showed combat sports. He showed that 16-year-old what's up. He punched him. Yeah. And Respect said, you know, your elders, kid. <laughs> Respect your elders. <laughs> We're going to head to the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450, where we got our man Mike Gandolfo on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Mike? Man, I'm doing great. Had a, it was an awesome game Friday night. We had a great energy in the place. You know, most of the lower arena on the sides was full. So it made it just a really good atmosphere and just uh, really appreciate the fans coming out. And I think they, they saw a pretty good show. Now, obviously, the show was a success. Um, the Kentucky Derby Festival Classic is the longest-running all-star game in the country. What players from this year, especially after the weekend and all the events, what players do you most anticipate? I know that it's tough. It's almost like they're your kids, Mike. You, you, yeah. you don't want to pick out of, you know, your kids which one's your favorite, but which players will make, I'll say, an immediate impact at the at the collegiate level next season? Well, an immediate impact, I would think a kid like Devin Robinson is going to Florida. He's probably going to have the most immediate impact on his team. Um, but you got to love the long-term possibilities of a kid like Quentin Snyder. Mm-hmm. And he just showed how great offensively he was. Now, he's got to get a lot better on the defensive, defensive end of the floor. But he's the kind of kid that will get his butt kicked all summer long by Chris Jones, and he'll just go to work and get in the gym and work all the time until he's able to play at that level. So offensively, he's ready to go, but defensively, he's probably going to have to get a little bit better. Of the Louisville players that that played in the Classic this weekend, um, would you say Quinton was the one you're most looking forward to seeing as a Cardinal, or what did you think about the, the three guys that played? 
Yeah, definitely. Now you might see Shinani because he he plays he's such a good defensive player, play a lot early, but he is very raw offensively. And then Jalen, um, Jalen just has to probably be humbled a little bit, as a lot of high school kids do, and then he'll work himself up. But Quinn, Quinn to me is the guy. It's like this the perfect Rick Pitino point guard. He's unselfish, but he can score. And uh, man, he put on just some unbelievable highlight type passes uh, in that game. Um, and, and just showed how good of a ball handler he is, how good of a distributor he is. He had that little runner in the lane. Um, he can shoot the three. He didn't shoot it great that night, but he can step out there and shoot the three. So uh, Quentin is going to be a great player at U of L. That's awesome to hear. I have a funny question. I you said that Quentin looks like um, the perfect Rick Pitino point guard, and it seems like Pitino has a thing for like mixed, like biracial, Hispanic-looking point guards. You think of Edgar Sosa. Um, <laughs> and Quentin, like, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, but. but you think they all kind of look the same, with the exception of someone like Andre McGee and then now um, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Maybe that's his thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, uh, I think it's more the, the, the quiet confidence that Quentin has. And there's like there's a, there's like a this leadership or like he has a calming presence of his teammates on the floor, like he's in control. And I think Peyton has something very similar to that as well. Great, um, Mike. We were talking in the last segment a little bit about a story involving Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes plays played in the Derby Classic, didn't he? He did. And a funny Larry Hughes story. Larry Hughes and I are pretty. Uh, he's a little bit younger than me, but when I was a a junior at Louisville, he was a freshman. And uh, Marcus Maven was also a freshman. And everyone loved Larry Hughes and thought he was going to be this unbelievable player. And I remember him on the wing, and Marcus was playing a really tough defensively, and he couldn't get open. So Larry Hughes just went, you know, reached down and punched him in the crotch so he could get open Damn. when the referee wasn't looking. <laughs> so, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't – what happened with Larry Hughes? I didn't hear the story. He was involved in a story involving – Apparently, some girl that went into he met at a bar or a club, and they went to a hotel at four a.m. She's saying he raped her, um, uh, so he's under investigation for that. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So, hate to see that with any of those guys. Once again, Mike Gandolfo, the recruiting coordinator for the one of the top derby, uh, one of the top high school basketball all star games in the country each year. Mike, how long have you been doing it? And and it seems like this Derby Classic really has some good positive momentum. How long have you been involved with it? Where do you see it going in the future? That's a great question, Kelly. So this, this was my fourth year. Uh, just finished up my fourth year with guys, and and it, we steadily have increased the, the the caliber of player outside of the local kids. So you know we we go after all the local kids, and we try to bring in the best uh, players outside. So we had fourteen of the top fifty players in the country this year. And last year we had eight NBA draft picks. This year we could have as many as 12. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep on trying to push that number up. But things are definitely going to be a little bit different next year. Right now, the NCAA has lifted the all-star game limit. So there's no more, there's not a two-game limit anymore. And so we should be able to go after, you know, it shouldn't be an issue for us to get a lot of the Kentucky kids. We should be able to increase uh, the the caliber of kid that we're bringing in. Um, But we're now going to, look at how we're going to approach that and how we're going to change our strategy to make this game even better um, because I'm, I'm very committed to making this uh, one of the top three events in the in the country. Now, um, when, when did that ruling come through, Mike? I didn't know about this news of the 
I know it was somewhat of an unwritten rule for years, but did the NCAA come out and say that these players are allowed to play in as many All-Star games as they want? Or how did that come yeah. about? When did that news break? It was part of, like, the whole loosening of the uh, – I don't know if you've seen, like, with the food. The bagel and cream, cream cheese deal. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're loosening their, their just overall thing on silly rules, I guess. And um, So this is, this is one of them, and we're fortunate that we uh, can hopefully take advantage of it. Great stuff. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of our listeners are Kentucky fans, and in the future maybe get to see some Kentucky players here at Freedom Hall at the Derby Classic. Thank you very much. For maybe, co- maybe Freedom Hall, maybe not. Oh, we'll maybe, maybe Freedom Hall, maybe not. What are you? What are you alluding to there, Mike? Maybe the Young Center. Maybe the Center. I don't know. We'll have to see. Oh, oh, oh my goodness! Wow. We'll see next year, Mike. Thank you very much for calling in this morning. We appreciate. You, you're talking to us and giving us an update after the events uh, from the past few days. Have a great rest of your weekend and a happy Easter Sunday. All right, you too, guys. Take care. Once again, Mike Gandolfo, the recruiting coordinator for the Kentucky Derby Festival Classic, a member of the Sports Buzz and the weekend Sports Buzz team. He hosts the show every Saturday from 9 to 11. Um, it's been a great show today, Ashley, Todd. I've, I've really had a, a good time. I, I Not to accentuate it since Carlo's not here. But I think we've survived without Carlo. We have. It's been it's been a struggle, but we've made it. We have mm-hmm. made it. So just a few minutes left. I'm looking forward to the one o'clock game between the Mavericks and the Spurs. It's you know NBA. I'm looking forward to Miami. You're looking for the so Miami I'm Heat at three thirty. They're playing the Bobcats, so that's not going to be much of a game. But it's it NBA. better not be much of a game. No, it's NBA playoff time, and that's really what's going on. It's basketball country here in Louisville and Southern Indiana. So go out and root on your your favorite NBA playoff team. We'll be back next Sunday from 10 until noon with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. I traveled each and every byway. Oh, and more, much more than this. I did it my way. Regrets. I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention, I did what I had to do, and saw it through, without exemption, I planned each charted course, each careful step. Along the byway, oh, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Yes, there were times, I'm sure you knew, when I bit off more than I could chew. Share of blue.